Welcome back to the TGI Podcast. I'm your host, Matt, and happy Thanksgiving week. We're already at one of the best weeks of the year, and with Thanksgiving just a couple of days away, that means we're that much closer to kicking off the Christmas season. That's if you haven't already. So we had a lot of different directions we could go with with our Thanksgiving week episode, but I decided we have to go with one of our old standbys. I mean, this podcast is quickly divulging into a Boy Meets World side project because of all the episodes we've done from this show so far. We have done Halloween. We did that with our buddy Anthony from Tis the Podcast. We did Christmas last year. We did a prom episode as well. So there is a lot that we've already covered with Boy Meets World. But I wanted to do a Thanksgiving episode, and I think this is a pretty good one. Now... On to the show. When the spawn meets world, spawn meets world. Wander down this road that we call life. Cause what we're doing, it's good to know our friends will always stand by me. When the spawn meets world. This week, as I mentioned, we're once again covering a favorite here on the podcast is we're doing a Thanksgiving episode from Boy Meets World. This episode, titled Turkey Day, is from Season 4, and it debuted on November 22nd of 1996. We've been over the cast numerous times on this show, so we're not going to cover that. And as for the synopsis of this episode, it revolves around Corey and Sean winning a turkey and stuffing, which they were... Very, very excited about winning a box of stuffing. But they won this for collecting the most canned goods and then decided to bring their families together to celebrate the holiday. Nice, sweet, wholesome little story there. A lot more goes into this episode. They really touch on some things that that I think is what made Boy Meets World such a good show. This is something that uh, when I had Anthony Caruso from Tis the Podcast on, which by the way, as we start ramping up towards the holiday season, as we get closer and closer to Christmas, definitely suggest for y'all to give that show a listen. They are great. They've that that podcast itself has really done an awesome job of welcoming me to the podcasting world. Anthony's been on a couple episodes. Tom, he's going to be on an episode come December, so I recommend that. But back to my main point here. Anthony and I have discussed this ad nauseum before about Boy Meets World and the fact that that show was not afraid, despite being a family-oriented show, to touch on a lot of different subjects. We had them talk about death, and they had them talk about drug use and alcohol use and family strife, and this one in particular does a really good job of discussing class differences, which they hit us over the head with. (laughs) right off the bat at the beginning of this episode. So this episode, it opens up. We have Mr. Feeney. He's teaching class, and he's teaching about class differences. So he's teaching about how differences of class and structure and the way they are structured has caused a lot of strife in our world throughout its entire history. This is nothing new. This is nothing we haven't heard before. Or seen before, but they hit us over the head right from the jump 
that this is what this episode is going to be revolved around. And he's teaching the classes, he's teaching his class about how there are groups who are the haves and there are groups who are the have-nots. And he explains that this is a topic of misery around our world and that he's giving his class an assignment to write about class differences over the break. First of all, you don't give homework at the start of Thanksgiving break. That's already hard enough to to eat that week alone for high school or middle school or junior high, even college level. It's hard to stay focused knowing what's ahead. You're knowing you're going to get time off. So not a big fan of Feeney here giving you homework over the break, but it does end well in terms of the homework, but we'll get there. But when Feeney talks about everybody's going to have to write a paper, everybody starts booing, which again, I'd be on board with. And F- but after that, Feeney makes his announcement that Corey and Sean have won the canned food drive this year, which Topanga points out that they just keep giving away the same food that they gave away the year before, which that's a question. Are they taking back the food that they gave away? Sean does make a great point, though. I do like it. I guess this is sort of the rebuttal to that, that Sean says, hey, they give this food to my family. We just donate it back. So we're already setting the precedent that Sean isn't exactly middle class or upper upper middle class. He's considered in this to be lower class in terms of a financial standpoint. But this also opens up a ton of questions. Just this specific thing to me. Was this contest for the entire school? Was it this specific class? Were everybody teams? Like what... What If this was set up to be teams, which clearly it was Corey and Sean, the, what they end up receiving as the winning gift seems kind of silly to be something split between two people. But Mr. Feeney, he announces Corey and Sean winning. They show off their impressive dance moves as they stand up and dance. But he announces that they've won a turkey and a box of stuffing. And it's like... If that's what they're winning, which is which is great. I mean, that's that's awesome to be giving away a turkey and stuffing. But I don't think high school age kids are going to be excited about winning a turkey. I would not have been excited about winning a turkey at that age. I really could care less because my parents are the ones buying the turkey anyways. But it does open it up. Like, if they're teams, why are they expected to split this turkey? And again... Are they just walking home with a giant turkey and a box of stuffing? And, and it's just like we've talked about here the last couple of months or last couple episodes this month. Talked about it in the Fresh Prince episode. Like this is presumed to be just days before Thanksgiving. That turkey's probably frozen. Again, they're being set up for a food disaster, which is a shame. And I, I think it would have made more sense had they won a cooked meal from a restaurant or a catering service. But I think I think in the long run, this is probably just me thinking too much about something. But these are the things I think of when I'm watching these episodes, particularly when it comes to the turkey. As we advanced into the episode, class, it's dismissed. Corey, he tells Sean uh, that, that Sean can take the turkey and he'll take the stuffing. And then they argue over who gets the stuffing because stuffing is the best. And I'm not going to argue with this. I mean, stuffing is just a greater version of bread. And everybody loves bread. 
So I agree with this argument, although it is just a box stuffing mix, so it can't be that great unless you're adding a lot of the other good stuff to the mix. But that's the first thing that I thought of was that you could just go buy a box of stuffing for like 99 cents and probably even cheaper back in 1996. But in this moment, this is when the two decide that, hey, you know what, let's just do Thanksgiving together. You know, even though our families don't know each other all that well, this should be a really fun and exciting holiday. Immediately after they agreed that it's going to be really fun to spend the holiday together, it jumps to Corey sitting with his parents. Neither of them are enthused with the idea of having Thanksgiving with the Hunter family. And Corey's like, hey, the Hunters are delighted to have Thanksgiving with us. Then we jump to the Hunter house, nice little quick edit, and it's his parents, who also aren't very excited about this idea, and Sean, he's just like, Sean's dad, he starts to lean in heavily to what Feeney was talking about earlier in the episode, about class differences, and he claims they can't spend the holiday with a family like the Matthews family, because they're higher class than than they are. And and again, so if you don't know the Hunters, they live in a trailer park while the Matthews family lives in a big home. They appear to be an upper middle class family. I don't know if we ever know what Amy does. I know that Alan is like a grocery store manager at one point. Then he eventually owns his own outdoor store. But the other thing that this episode made me think of here is that the kids are putting their parents in a bad spot. I mean, I feel like if I was that age and said, hey, I know you don't know my best friend's family all that well, but we've decided that we're all going to do Thanksgiving together. I think that's kind of unfair to both sets of parents, both sets of parents to force them to have to interact in this this manner. It makes a little more sense once this episode unravels and we get a better sense of the class differences and how this all plays out, but... I do think both of the both Corey and Sean are sort of putting their parents in a bad spot. After we get these scenes of neither family really wanting to spend time with the other, we jump to Corey's house and both uh, him and Sean, they lie to each other. They lie to each other about their families being excited to spend the day together. So this is typical like teenage boys in this situation where each thinks they'd hurt the other one's feelings. So it's like, yeah, my family's super excited. Yeah, mine is too. We head to a commercial break. Right after that break, Corey, his dad, Alan, he gets off the phone with Sean's mother, who tells him that there's a goat at the trailer park who is mean. So she said, don't wear red and don't make any jerky movements. So they're making, they're setting this up that the Matthews, or that the Matthews family has no idea what they're walking into when they get to meet Sean's family and that the trailer park is just like a whole other world. So, I mean, they're leaning into this different class differences thing really, really hard here. Just then, we get a knock on the Matthews' back door, and there standing is Frankie Stacchino Jr., who is one of my favorite, favorite side characters in this entire show. It's played by Ethan Suppley, who plays... He's sort of like a bully in this series, but he's also like a really sweet guy who has like different layers of uh, of himself that you don't get to see all the time. But you, it, it, they get peeled back in various moments, and you kind of realize that Frankie's kind of a really good guy, even though he kind of hangs around with not a lot of good people. But I always liked Frankie. But he's a big, physically imposing man. 
uh, Ethan Supley was at the time. He it's, it's also remarkable if you've followed anything with him nowadays. He has lost a ton of weight. He is like ripped, um, very muscular now. Really awesome. I'd say go check it out. See his transformation from what he was as a young man, uh, teenager, a little bit older, twenties, thirties, and what he's uh, turned into now. It's it's really awesome to see his progress. But anyways, Cordy's dad, he's a little shaken up by this guy just kind of barging into his house, which is understandable. He is a physically imposing young man. But he's there because his little brother Herman wants to go on a date with Corey's sister Morgan. And we get just this super sweet moment of little Herman. He's got flowers for her. And he asks not just Morgan, but he asks uh, Corey's mom and dad for permission to go on an after Thanksgiving uh, pie date with Morgan. It's so sweet. He's asking if she'll if she can come and have pie with them uh, after Thanksgiving because Frankie and his family they live in the same trailer park uh, as the Hunters and they learn that the Matthews family will be there for the holiday. So they give Morgan permission, and Frankie and Herman once again warn them about that goat before they leave. So I love this little sweet moment. This little Herman kid is just, like, super adorable. He's chubby. He's got the flowers. I mean, this was, like, me as a kid, as this kid, although I probably would have been far too afraid to talk to a girl my age and ask her on a Thanksgiving pie date. So I give the kid props, but it is a nice little sweet moment. And we'll see more from them as this episode goes on. We then head out to the trailer park. It is now Thanksgiving Day. The entire Matthews family is there. And they appear very out of sorts in these new surroundings. They very obviously have never been in a trailer park. Or if they have, it was very brief. Or it wasn't like this type of trailer park. Corey's mom, Amy, she left her purse on the car. Uh, So Corey says, I'll go back to go get the purse from the car while the rest of the family, you go on your way uh, to to Sean's trailer. And Corey kind of just points in the direction of which they should go. So this is where we get a little bit of a gag bit in this episode. They walk up to this house and they see on the outside the Unters with the H missing. Alan's like, hey, it's got to be theirs. The H probably just fell off. They knock on the door. Guy answers the door. It's actually a family named the Unters, and he's very upset. He seems very upset about these people being in his trailer park, but he's like, that's where the Hunter's house is, which is right across the right across the way. They finally go to the front door. We have a little bit of awkwardness at first with the two families meeting up. Uh, the Hunters, uh, they they feel like the wine and the appetizers they, they have, they're not as good as what the Matthews would be serving at their home. So immediately, we're kind of smacked in the face again with the theme of this episode with the class differences where they don't feel like they're good enough. Uh, the Hunters, that is, that they're not on par with the Matthews family, that they're up to the same level. So we get this awkwardness right off the bat. And then finally, Corey, he walks in, he's got his mom's purse, and it's just as Sean's parents are arguing, and he's upset with Sean that he's already let this get off the rails pretty quickly. So right off the bat, everybody's kind of just frustrated with each other. Then 
We get a knock on the door, and it's the neighbor from across the way named Luther Unter. He he knocks, and he tells Chet there's an emergency meeting among all the trailer park owners. Chet, he's fighting the idea. He's like, look, this is Thanksgiving Day. Like, what are you doing? Like, we have company over. But he finally agrees. He heads outside. And in this meeting, there's a large group of people who... I guess also live in the trailer park and they're upset that the hunters are having a group of outsiders over. And then Chet vows that they're good people. Look, it's not that big of a deal, but this sort of elder statesman of the trailer park is all upset and gruff about it. And this is where I thought this episode got really weird. And again, I understand the point they're trying to drive home and they're trying to drive home about class differences and different in the haves and the have-nots as Feeney alluded to at the beginning but it seems so odd to believe that the people in the trailer park would simply be offended by middle-class people being there I mean I know that that's what the point of this episode is but I found this part really really hard to believe I think it could have been pulled off in a better way but this sort of like pitchforks and torches sort of moment from these uh, people who live in the trailer park, I think really painted folks who live in trailer parks in a bad light. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with living a life like that. And this episode makes it seem as though it is wrong. And and that's a part of this that I did not uh, enjoy overall. But as the episode continues, Chet runs in, he grabs his family and he tells them, hey, we need to talk outside real quick. And Eric, who doesn't have enough lines in this this episode, Eric is one of my favorite characters throughout all of Boy Meets World. He always brings a little bit of levity, always very funny. But he's getting frustrated with Corey, and he's telling him, hey, I could be at home enjoying the day instead of being, quote, being at the, quote, center of Looneyville. And then Alan interjects when the boys are arguing, And you think he's going to be like, hey, you know, we got to make the best of this, blah, blah, blah. You'd think he would be a total dad in this moment. But he's only mad because he's missing the Cowboys playing the Redskins. So this is now the second episode in a row where there's a reference to Dallas playing Washington on Thanksgiving Day. So that's just like we had last week in the Everybody Loves Raymond episode. So I wanted to go back and take a look and see if they're referencing something that actually happened. And funny enough, both the Everybody Loves Raymond episode that we covered last week, titled Turkey or Fish, and this episode of Boy Meets World dropped on the exact same day in 1996. So these both aired the Friday before Thanksgiving that year. And when I look back at the records, the Cowboys did in fact play Washington on Thanksgiving Day that season, and Dallas won by a score of 21-10. So I do think it was cool that both of these shows referenced that game, and which was being played on Fox that year, which neither of these shows were on Fox. Uh, CBS had Everybody Loves Raymond, and uh, ABC had Boy Meets World, and neither referenced the Detroit Lions, who played on the Kansas City Chiefs that day on NBC. So it's just funny that even though the Lions and the Cowboys have played on Thanksgiving for so many years. And I would almost argue Detroit playing on Thanksgiving is more of a more of a staple than the Cowboys that that both of these TV shows referenced Washington and Dallas playing 
not Detroit and Kansas City. But I did find that pretty cool. I like that they kept with the theme. They knew the schedule. They knew what games were actually playing that day. We know now if it would have been uh, current times that if it was a show that was on Fox, they'd be hyping up whatever matchup was going to be on Fox that year. CBS would be hyping up whatever was going to be on their channel. NBC, an NBC show would be hyping up whatever was on their network. But I did think it was cool. And, and looking back at the references, seeing that they all referenced something that did happen that year. But back in this episode, Corey, he chastises his family for not getting along with the Hunters. And he says they shouldn't act like they're better uh, better than them since they have a nicer house and make more money. And Alan tells Corey that sometimes people just aren't friends and that's okay. I like that sentiment from both. I like what Corey had to say there that you can't just act better because we have a nicer house and we make more money. And I like too that Alan says you're just not always going to be friends with everybody. But there is a common ground and a middle ground there. And I do think that Corey's family needed to do a better job of at least trying to accept them because it was pretty obvious from the get-go that they didn't want to be there and they made that pretty clear that they did not want to be there outside chet he's explaining to his family what's going on before Corey comes out with morgan uh, to take her to have some pie with herman and this is where this episode again gets so weird i hate the way they paint the the people who live in the trailer park because Chet's telling them that there could be snipers out there and that Sean should show Corey how to wa- how to walk low to be kept from being seen. I mean, it all seems super over the top over the idea that just them being there is enough to elicit snipers. Like, what the hell is going Like, I don't know. This part I did not like whatsoever. Again, I do not like the way they painted the people who lived in the trailer park. I think it was very, very unfair how they did this. But the adults, they sit down to eat. They're inside, and it's very clear that Sean's mom wants to get them out as soon as possible. She puts some food out, then she immediately starts clearing the table away. It's all very awkward, and we get the moment where both sets of parents agree that sometimes groups just don't get along, and that's perfectly okay. Again, a sentiment I'm okay with in general, but neither side is doing enough here to fully embrace the other family. But we head over to Frankie's house. This is where we have Sean and Corey and Eric and Morgan, and they go to Frankie's house. And this is where I think we get the most poignant, sweetest moment of this episode. And this is where he starts to explain to Sean and Corey that their parents are very much like the people Mr. Feeney was talking about at school. And he discussed their differences. So for as much as Frankie is kind of viewed as a big bad bully, he is someone who is very in touch with what's going on around him. Again, this is one of the reasons why I like this character so much because he is more, there's a lot more than meets the eye with Frankie. And it's very evident in this episode. And I think. He is also sort of a great example of this episode that you can't judge a book by its cover because Frankie is a lot more than just this big, tough-looking kid. But the Stakinos, they allow Corey, Morgan, Eric, and Sean to sit down and eat with them. But it's also kind of funny to me that it's just the Stakino kids and they don't have 
parents. Like we did find out later on in an episode that Frankie's dad was uh, Vader. If you're ever a WWF fan back in the day or WCW, I don't remember what he, which one he was on, but he, his dad was like a professional wrestler uh, that was Vader, the actual professional professional wrestler. But it's just weird that they have all this food, but they Frankie doesn't have a family other than his brother. So I guess we're led to believe that Frankie made this big, huge, elaborate dinner. But this is where we get a classic Thanksgiving episode trope. Frankie says everyone needs to say what they're thankful for. And while we start going around the table with the children and they're explaining why they are thankful... We see Corey's parents and Sean's parents come up near the table, but not necessarily within eyesight, which is outside for some reason. Again, not really cleared up on that. And we also see some of the others from the trailer park overhearing this sweet moment. This is where we get Corey saying he's thankful uh, that he had parents who taught him to like people for who they are, even if they weren't lucky enough to be raised that way themselves. And I think that line is really strong because it shows how I think a lot of people feel that they may have been taught one way, but their parents were taught and brought up a different way. And I think that goes to show that it's a lot of do as I say, not as I do a little bit here, which I mean, I think that's common for most people. They've experienced something like that, that maybe their parents tell them hey, don't do this, despite the fact that I did do this. So I, I love that line from Corey there. It, it, it kind of it kind of wraps this episode up really well. But the parents, they overhear what all the kids are thankful for, and they realize their own mistakes and what how silly and foolish they've really been all day. They then ask if they can join in, and we see Chet. He pulls out a chair for Amy. Alan does the same for Sean's mom. They all raise their what appear to be glasses of Kool-Aid and we head to uh, a commercial break with Chet and Alan clinking their glasses together. After the final commercial break, we're back in the classroom. Mr. Feeney is handing back the report he asked everyone to write and Sean, he doesn't receive one back and Feeney asks him to come to the front of the class and read off something that he wrote. This past week, I spent Thanksgiving with the Hutus and the Tutsis, which was a real surprise to me because I live in Philadelphia, and I thought that kind of prejudice based on class differences only happened in undeveloped countries. Is that enough? I'm getting vertigo from facing this way in the room. Come on. But I discovered that even in my very own civilized country, people can be just as undeveloped and just as cruel. But more importantly, and the thing that gives me hope, is that as long as the children are educated about the dangers of prejudice and intolerance, then perhaps there will be a reason for Thanksgiving in the future. Finney goes on to tell Sean it is the best thing he has done in his class, and he gives him an A for that paper, and that wraps up Turkey Day from the fourth season of Boy Meets World. As always, we like to determine if an episode should be deemed a holiday classic, and for this, I'm giving it a... I wavered pretty hard on this episode. I spent the majority of it believing I would give it a No Way Jose. I mean, I think you've probably heard that throughout my discussion. I did not like a lot of the strangeness at the trailer park. Again, I did not like the way that they painted people 
who live there in a really terrible light. But the ending is what sealed it for me, and I like the moment around the table, and I really enjoy what Sean wrote in his paper. I think they did a nice job of giving us a lesson at the end of this one, and that's what really turned the tide for me. Now, in terms of the episodes that we've watched so far here in the month of Thanks- uh, month of November for Thanksgiving, I'm not putting this ahead of that Cheers episode, which I think was absolutely phenomenal. It's the one I said it when we had Jerry D on that it's my favorite episode we covered in this entire podcast that I've done 30, 40, how many ever episodes. It's very, very easily the best I've done. Uh, I also really enjoyed the Fresh Prince episode, but this one is not better than that for me. But it does, it's just the message at the end that really, really does it for me because much of the storyline doesn't work. Uh, but I liked how it all played out. I, I would recommend giving this one a watch, but I don't think it's on that upper echelon of something you should watch like here this week of Thanksgiving. I think this would have been something better early in the month. Not right now. I just I think you could watch a lot better Thanksgiving episodes than this one. That wraps up this episode, and that means we're just a couple days away from Thanksgiving. Hard to believe we're already there. Hardy, hard to believe that... We are tapping into the Christmas season. I know people have already started tapping into the Christmas season, which I think is great. And speaking of the Christmas season, next week we will have our first Christmas episode of the season as we cover a very Tanner Christmas from the sixth season of Full House. What will follow will be a very, very packed month of episodes in December. I mentioned it earlier. I'm excited. I'm going to have Tom from Tis the Podcast on. We're going to be talking the King of Queens. Now, if you want more Christmas content, go check out our backlog. We've got a lot of really fun stuff in there. Also, maybe you listened last year when we hit the Christmas episodes last year, which were a ton of fun. But we did episodes of Boy Meets World. Family Matters, Home Improvement, Step by Step, which we had Anthony from Tis the Podcast on, The King of Queens, Noel Cowards, which was a lot of fun. Like I said, some Home Improvement episodes. But if you had already listened to those, let's say you weren't listening during July when it was hot, we did do Christmas in July throughout that month. So if you want to go back and give it a listen, we had a Home Improvement episode from Leon Day in late June. We did an episode of Blossom and another episode of Everybody Loves Raymond and one of my personal favorites, Scrubs. All Christmas episodes from the month of July. Go back and give those a listen if you haven't already. Uh, I, I do think those were pretty good. That Scrubs one is so good. It's an episode I definitely recommend you giving a listen. But be sure, as always, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps so much for us to get in the ears of many other people, especially with the Christmas season really starting to ramp up now. That'll help us out a lot. If you do leave us a review, come find us. Come find me on the interwebs. I will give you a free TGI podcast sticker. You can find us on both Instagram and Facebook by searching for TGI podcast. You can also find me on Twitter at Matt Yurick, M-A-T-T-E-U-R-I-C-H. Uh, I hope you all have a very happy, 
Happy Thanksgiving. I'm excited that we're going to be getting to the Christmas season. I'm excited we're going to kick it off with Full House. So I will talk to you all very, very soon, and Happy Thanksgiving. The TGI Podcast is written, produced, and hosted by me, Matt Yurick. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Yurick, and be sure to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.